0: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9, and streaming at AM 1290, KZSB.com. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets and in Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, Providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution.
1: Hi Neil, happy Monday. How are you today?
0: I'm doing fine. I had a very nice lunch today.
1: Nice. Glad to hear it.
0: It was a pre-Valentine's Day lunch.
1: Oh, you're right. This is we are the day before Valentine's Day. Right. Lots of love in the air. So yes. on that. Boat. Let's introduce our guest. We have with us today Christine Roberts, partner at Mullen and & Hensel, and a superstar Arissa attorney, of which most people have no idea about it, but these mm-hmm. laws. And Christine is really a superstar and is able to really break it down into pieces of information that most of us can understand. So Christine, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Oh, you're most welcome.
0: So the the first article today um, is about um, the, in California, 16 million uh, middle-class taxpayers received a refund of up to $1,000 and $50 uh, from California uh, to counter inflation this last year. And the IRS, and that was true for 16 other states as well, received these special checks. And the IRS wasn't really clear on how they were going to handle it. So they told Uh, people in those states a week ago not to file their taxes. Anyway, they finally got their act together on Friday, and this article basically um, confirms that uh, they are not taxable uh, for federal purposes so that people can now file their tax returns so that if you were lucky enough to get one of those $1,000 checks from California, it turns out to be uh, a tax-free gift.
1: Wow, Neil, you're like a public service announcement today. That's great news.
0: Yes. Um, The next article is about uh, investors uh, exiting the US stock market uh, during this 2023 rally. And what's happening, which is really fascinating, is investors have pulled out net $31 billion from US equity mutual funds and exchange traded funds in the past six weeks. And where did they put it? They put it in. in foreign index funds, and they put it in individual stocks. So this article in the Wall Street Journal said when they asked investors why they were investing in international stocks, they said because they think there's a greater opportunity there. And the same uh, rationale went to uh, the single stock buying rationale, which was people now believe, which... To me, makes no sense that they can be better stock pickers than simply buying the index. So money is now flowing in the last five, six weeks into individual stocks as opposed to uh, EF- ETFs, which is an interesting change.
1: That is an interesting change, and I wonder how much of it, Neil, actually is due to tax loss selling. You know what happens at the year ends, especially in a year like 2022, where the market was down. You have lots of tax-loss selling going on, and perhaps what's happening is the proxy that they they moved into was an individual stock instead of a, another ETF or mutual fund.
0: Yeah, and also, it's a good point. They they also could have recognized, because most people don't pay attention, when they saw how much they lost, they could have said, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, even if it wasn't for tax selling, it could have been just, in the last few weeks, it's too late for tax selling, it could have been just... I don't want to play anymore in the in, in index stocks.
1: Right. And then the flip side of that is also since the new year has happened, you know, the market is is up uh, you know five percent. And so maybe they're looking at that as, you know, better to ride it up in whatever they they purchased it and purchased, you know.
0: So the next article is a uh, very appropriate for Valentine's Day. Um, it's entitled, this is in the Washington Post, by the way. It's entitled Four Rules to Make Talking About Money with your honey, easier. And it gives the four rules of dealing with a spouse. And the first is uh, commit to being transparent. That is uh, no secrets. Uh, A recent bank rate survey found that nearly 40% of U.S. adults uh, who are married um, uh, uh, keeps financial secrets, including 63% of Gen Zs and fifty-four percent of millennials, um, and the article says that's really not a very good way to handle a uh, a, a financial impact on your marriage. The, the no, second, yes,
1: it doesn't appear as if yeah. usually people on the same page with their financial matters do bode better for the yeah. long term.
0: Well, and, and in fact, that's the the second the second rule is communicate regularly. That is the the article here suggests that you you produce a net worth statement regularly and go over it with your spouse. Uh, the third thing is to come up with a code, and that is when uh, there's an argument about finances, and this is true for probably any spousal argument, is to find something like a buzzer or a little rabbit or something, and just buzz it to say, okay, let's let's just cool it for a minute and break the tension. And and the fourth is to confide in each other. Um, you ought to uh share your fears and frustrations about money with your partner as a way to having them understand where where you're coming from when you make a financial decision.
1: Wow, who knew you were gonna like uh you know do a little foray into into marriage counseling me all today?
0: That that's not marriage counseling, that's what's called financial planning. <laughs> see you you are you are operating as a as a marriage counselor, and you don't even know realize it, Diane.
1: I know, huh? who knew? Yeah. We produce net word statements regularly. We confide in each other
0: <laughs> so this article is the opposite of the last article, which was a happy article. This one's really bizarre. This is in today's newspaper, and it says in a tight labor market, some states look to another type of worker, children. and it's really amazing, you know, you have certain political groups uh, saying that uh, immigration is very, very destructive to our society. Well, because immigration has been so difficult, a lot of low-end jobs have gone empty. And so recently in Iowa, uh, a Republican state senator introduced a bill saying children as young as 14 can work in industrial freezers and meat coolers where they separate meat. Um, and, uh, it, 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 let's see, there, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of absolutely ridiculous job opportunities in some of these States. And, you know, if you think about the history of, of, of the growth in capitalism at the turn of the 20th century in the 1910s and 15th, up until the short waste fire, uh, you, 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 are going back to a policy of, uh, putting kids really at, at risk, both you know physically and and quite frankly mentally as well.
1: Yeah, gosh, that's a, that's a shame. It, it seems as if um, perhaps legal immigration would be the answer to that. But given that with COVID the slowdown has been real, you know, I, I think that's part of the reason why as a country we're feeling the effects of having fewer and fewer um, people in the labor market.
0: Um, last article is a little more upbeat. It's it's entitled. Uh, what recession, question mark, some economists see chances of a growth rebound. Um, Many many economists and investors have had a clear narrative coming into 2023. Federal Reserve has spent months pushing borrowing costs rapidly higher to tame inflation. Uh, And uh, those moves were expected to slow growth. uh, And um, what we've had so far is uh, some moderation in inflation and uh, a pretty robust economy. So this article uh, in today's Wall Street Journal is saying some of the bearish economists are beginning to turn either neutral or somewhat positive and saying that uh, the job market uh, may in fact uh, run a little bit warmer than they thought and that we may end up getting out of this without having a recession.
1: You know, what's really interesting is the end of November, all the economists were saying we were going to be in for a deep recession. Europe was going to be the worst off. And here we are less than six, you know, less than two months later. And, you know, the total tune has has completely shifted. Europe has done a really good job, you know, partially due to the fact that the winters haven't been out of the way this past winter hasn't been as harsh. However, I think it's it's important to remember that economists are predicting the future, and we nobody has a crystal ball. And so now you see a total sea change of we don't think a, a recession is on the horizon. None of the data is pointing to that. The only piece is the inverted yield curve of of you know the end of last year. And so I, I think it's important when you read these articles that as people you use your brain to think about. Okay, what does this really mean, and how is it translating into numbers? You know,
0: so I think you're right, and if, you know, if you tie this into the article about uh, investors moving out of index funds into individual stocks because they think they can pick individual stocks, and you know, here you have most economists six months ago saying we're in for a recession. When the masses are all in line, they're usually wrong. (laughs)
3: Uh,
0: You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. (laughs)
5: Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor's middle school. Would you like directions? No, why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm I'm tired of fighting with him over homework home walk restaurant need a review no i need help he's very smart but his mind wanders he's disorganized i think i understand
4: oh good.
5: finding best potatoes for french fries no russet fingerling Yukon Gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org.
3: For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues, designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything.
5: Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner.
1: And we can be reached at 805 564 1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have the pleasure of having Christine Roberts, partner of At Mullen and Hensel who practices in the complex and ever-changing field of employment benefit laws. And the really um, special reason we have Chris here with us today is the end of last year, on December 28th, Congress passed new legislation affecting retirement accounts. And it's called the Secure Act 2.0. So Chris, tell us a little bit about the history of the Secure Act, because it did start with just Secure Act one dollar, correct? And tell us a little bit of history and, and why why people should care.
2: Well, SECURE 1.0, it's really just the SECURE Act, and it was passed in 2019. And SECURE stands for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. And SECURE 1.0, as it's now referred to since we have SECURE 2.0, um, was infamous for getting rid of the stretch IRA. Um, most non-spouse IRA beneficiaries are going to have to take their inherited IRA wealth out of the IRA in 10 years. Um there are some some exceptions for people who are um uh disabled um and and uh critically ill, but um for the most part, Secure 1.0 is infamous for getting rid of the stretch IRA. Secure 2.0 came along um and is actually far more um Broad, It is a far more broad-based piece of, of legislation affecting retirement plans than Secure 1.0. Um, there's over 90 provisions in Secure 2.0 that impact retirement plan accounts like your 401k account and IRAs, and I don't think there's a retirement saver in this country that will not be impacted by Secure 2.0 in one way or another. It's the biggest piece of legislation in this field for almost 20 years. Um, And its goal is to extend and expand access to retirement savings to the underserved, to communities and and populations within the U.S. that have restricted access through employment for the most part. And it is taking a cue from the state auto IRA programs like Cal Savers and other states that have adopted these mandatory savings regimes Um, recognizing that a lot of smaller employers in particular aren't able to set up retirement plans. And it's done a a lot to try to get people who haven't been able to save for retirement in a position in the next few years where they're going to be saving.
0: Can I ask you a strange question? Um, You're incredibly knowledgeable about this esoteric uh, change in, in the law, but it seems it really affects individuals. How do you monetize that at your law firm? You, you know, you, I would expect your, your clients are basically businesses. How, how do you use this to, to make money?
2: I love that. That's great. Um, well, that's a great question. And although a lot of it does affect individuals, it will require that 401k plans be amended. Right now, the amendment deadline is 2025, but it will probably be extended. And, um, it it, it impacts how businesses can design their plans. Uh, one, one provision that's going to be really popular, I think, among businesses that are competing for younger workers is an ability to match student loan repayments as if they were 401k contributions. So let's say you're right out of grad school, you've got heavy student loans, you can't afford to make 401k contributions, you have to pay your student loans off. Your student loan payments will be matched by your employer in your 401k plan, just as if you were saving inside the plan. So, you know, I think a lot of my clients that are businesses are going to want to know all about how that's going to work. And, you know, the ability- to- I want to know all how that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's, you know, with 90 plus provisions, there's a multitude of ways to interact with businesses about how this is going to impact them, how they can make their benefit plan competitive um, and desirable for their existing and their prospective employees. Um, you know, let's get all those bells and whistles out. Let's let's make this thing as um you know as as much of a value proposition for employees as we possibly can.
0: Okay, let me ask you a follow-up question about your business. Um, I would imagine that insurance companies and uh, pension funds uh, that are selling this to corporations have you know, basically learned the rules and are advising clients as to what they should do. Why do. Do they need an attorney in the middle? Do corporations need someone between them and the sellers?
2: Sure they do. Um, and I will say that Fidelity is not exactly knocking my door down, but local wealth advisors are using me to train their staff. Um, You know, uh, absolutely. I mean, Fidelity needs somebody to to go over their training materials, to go over their forms, to go over every single point of contact between Fidelity as an institution and Fidelity investors to make sure that Secure 2.0 is communicated properly. So do local organizations uh, like Diane's, uh, like Arlington. Um, every, every, everyone out there who is vending services around Secure 2.0 needs to know uh, the rules of the road. And ERISA attorneys are the voice of authority on interpreting laws that impact retirement savings.
1: And so how does this gut dovetail? You mentioned Cal Savers, mm-hmm. which just give us a brief um, overview of CalSavers. I right. could do it, but you do it better.
2: Health Savers is state legislation in California that requires employers um, of five or more employees. And then in 2025, it will be one or more employees to set up auto IRA, um, to set up Roth IRAs and contribute to them out of payroll. No employer money needs to be contributed, but employee money needs to go in. And um, so it is for employers that don't already have some sort of retirement plan and uh, one of the ways that secure 2.0 kind of dovetails with that is that all new retirement plans that are established on or after december 29 2022 have to automatically enroll and automatically escalate savings levels by employees so brand new plans have to auto enroll and have to auto escalate the deferral levels Um, And so they're basically saying employer 401k plans are going to have to operate like those automated state programs to some degree.
1: And when you say automate, it also includes that default election. So plans of of yesteryear used to have that default into a money market account, so virtually cash. Now, what's the investment side of that is now a default into something else.
2: It's going to be a qualified default investment alternative. It's going to be an auto, a, a, um, it's going to be a lifestyle fund.
1: So like a a target date based upon employee's age. Yeah.
2: On your target retirement date. Mm
1: -hmm. How are they getting around that? Um, you know, as Americans, we all tend to be pretty individualistic and no one likes to be told what to do in any way, shape or form. How is this legislation getting around that? Auto enroll. So immediately you have to be you have to enroll unless you opt out, opt out, I'm assuming, and also having an escalating or a step up of um, contribution amounts.
2: You can't get if you set up a plan on or after December 29, 2022, you can't get around it. Your plan has to be designed that way. Um, If you already had a plan that's grandfathered, then you're okay. Um, Even if you join one of these multiple employer or pooled employer arrangements, if you start fresh, even though the pooled employer arrangement's been around a while, your brand new addition will have to have that auto-enrollment and auto-escalation. It starts at 3%, it can go up to 10 or 15%, and then it caps out. Um, The way it gets around American individualism is, of course, at any point in time, any employee who's been auto-enrolled and is being auto-escalated can change those elections to be 0% coming out of their salary or more than the auto, the the mandated um, um, amount. Um, I would say that, and the flip side of American individualism and not wanting to be told what to do is a huge amount of inaction that is just human nature and not not specific to any Americans. (laughs) And my question for the world is, 401ks have been around for going on 40 years. What if 401k plans had always been auto-enrollment? What if 401k plans had always been auto escalation? Imagine how much money Americans would have saved if they had been forced to put aside a portion of their salary, and that amount had increased periodically over the years. There, it would be. A, we would be looking at a radically different retirement future for most post baby boomers. But the fact is, it's only in 2023 that the U.S. government decided that auto enrollment is something that's such a good idea. That we need to have it uh, forced on us, and what they've learned is that opting out is no greater uh, percentage at six percent auto enrollment than it is at three percent auto enrollment. So the you know inaction and and um, and and sort of forcing good behavior on people is a tremendously successful uh, model. That has just been um, observed as auto enrollment has taken off over the past 10 or 15 years on a voluntary basis. It has been so successful on a voluntary basis. The government is now making it a mandatory thing for new plans.
0: You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. (laughs)
4: When you're farming a vineyard, you have 180 days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank, it's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day basis has been a real
0: strength in what we bring to our client base.
4: You can bank on American Riviera. We do.
5: American Riviera Bank.
0: Bank on better. A trip to the Santa Barbara Maritime Museum is one of the best things you can do in Santa Barbara, especially for families. And a Maritime Museum membership not only supports the museum's programs, it gives you all kinds of benefits. Here's Greg Gorga. You
4: know, your membership supports all the different education programs we're doing. And then you'll get invitations to our monthly lecture series. You get free admission to the museum all the time. Discounts not only at our museum store, but throughout the harbor at different businesses. We try to do some special things for our larger thousand dollar and above donors, we're really it's about sharing with our community the wonders of this beautiful channel. You could sign up for a membership or make a donation to the museum right on our website, sbmm.org, so it's really easy to find the website.
0: For more information about the Santa Barbara Maritime Museum, to volunteer or to become a member, go to sbmm.org. That's sbmm.org, or call 805-962-8404. This month in 1913,
5: the 16th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, authorizing Congress to levy taxes on income. In its first two years, the tax was modest, but World War I moved income taxes to the center of federal finances. In 2017, individuals paid around $1.8 trillion in federal income tax, while state and local income taxes amounted to over $439 billion that year. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau.
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence.
1: And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. And so, Chris, before the break, we were talking about the SECURE Act, obviously, and the Secure Act 2, 2.0, what, if any, um, pieces of the legislation that were originally thought to be um, passed got taken out for one reason or another? Or did pretty much everything pass as we anticipated it would, you know, throughout
2: I don't know. I don't, Um There was, there were originally some provisions that would roth, one of the ways that Secure 2.0 was paid for is that um, Some contributions that in the past have been able to have been made on a pre-tax basis will have to be made after tax in the form of Roth contributions. Uh, And there were some provisions that would have hindered some Roth strategies that were taken out. Um, But with, you know, 90 plus provisions, it really was sort of a Christmas tree that everybody hung their their favorite provision on. um, And um, there's a ton of stuff in there. Um, so, um,
1: speaking of Roth IRAs, um, one of the, the changes, which was kind of funny because the wall street journal in January ran an article on, on secure act 2.0. And, um, then I got a flurry of phone calls about, oh, I can change my kids, uh, 529 plan into a Roth. And and, you know, it's always funny whenever there's new legislation, I always tell my clients, let's just wait and see for a little bit. Let's not try to be the first. You know, none of the none of the big institutions have changed that have changed their rules and regulations. So yeah. share with us a little bit about that Roth provision from five twenty nine to Roth.
2: So five twenty nine is a is a is an account that allows you to to save uh, for your kids college expenses on a pre-tax basis. And um, the problem with them is that it, you, if, if you don't use the money that's been saved on a pre-tax basis for educational expenses, it's, it's taxed. And um, the good news is that um, there is now some rules that will allow you to save monies that are not used for education to roll them over to a Roth IRA. So it's, it's an escape hatch, which is very attractive to people who are setting these up because they want to have options. Nobody likes to be told they can't do what they want to do with their own money. Uh, there are some restrictions and let me know if you want me to share those restrictions on share
1: uh, with them, because they're quite um, onerous. I I found when I was reading through the
2: restrictions they, they're They are numerous. Uh, they are numerous. Um, first of all, in order to roll from the 529 retirement savings account to a Roth, the money has to have been invested 15 years. Rule 2. Um, the money has to, uh, contributions made within the last five years have to stay in the Roth. So there has to be um, that 15 year for for the funds and any new contributions have to age for at least five years before they can roll. There's a lifetime rollover limit of 35,000. So this is not, you know this is not a strategy for hundreds of thousands of dollars, it's limited. Um, and the other thing is, is that when you do the rollover, the Roth IRA owner has to have includable income to do the rollover. Um, and then there's an... I yeah, I heard the annual I'll limit I'll explain that one in a minute. Okay. There's also an annual rollover limit uh, that's equal to the Roth contribution limit which is 6500 a year. So, let me let me talk about a little plan, planning strategy that I got from Jeffrey Levine at kitses.com kit www.kitses.com Michael Kitses or Kitches is an investment advisor and one strategy that was that was suggested was if you start when your child is very young And you do um, Roth 5, you do 529 account contributions every year. And when they're 16, that money will have been in there 15 years. Now, if the child is the account, the, the 529 account holder, they will need to have annual income, like from a summer job. In the amount of each year's rollover is sixty five hundred dollars, but starting at age sixteen, you could roll over sixty five hundred bucks a year. Now, again, by the time that child who's born today is sixteen, that rollover amount is going to be bigger. But they could, you know, start it, start seeding it when they're born, and it's and once they're old enough for a summer job, they'll have enough income to offset that rollover amount, and they can start rolling it over. And by the time they're a young adult, they could have a significant amount that's presuming they don't use it for educational expenses. Maybe the kid has a genius idea and doesn't need to go to college to get rich. Um, but there are definitely some planning strategies around the 529 to Roth rollover.
1: Yes, and, and I think that that's something important that sometimes people forget that you know they say, oh, you can do this and everyone's assuming that you can do hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. when really it's limited to 6,500 a year. Is there an income threshold on this?
2: No the 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 normal threshold that that restricts you from contributing to Roth is waived for this rollover function. So the 529 to Roth rollover doesn't doesn't depend on income.
0: This this is incredibly complicated and the IRS is obviously uh overwhelmed with a whole bunch of issues. Do they consult with people like you during the process so that they get a real world feedback before it's too late?
2: they the, the i just went to the aba mid-year tax conference um in san diego and i spent uh, a couple days with the attorneys who do actually advise the irs on this and yes the irs you know treasury and and people on the hill they do look to the industry for input um the american retirement association does a lot of lobbying a lot of input Um, Then once they pass the law, they have these conferences with practitioners. And a lot of that conference was me and a bunch of other risk attorneys in a room with senior people at IRS saying, hey, this is what's wrong. And this is how this is going to be hard to implement. You need to change this. You need to think about changing that. You need to give us soft guidance on this or that and to make it workable for the real world, because this comes out of Washington. It comes out of something of an ivory tower as you know, and 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 it needs to be real size and right sized to be workable. Um, I doubt you're going to see any rollback of these of these restrictions or these hoops you have to jump through, but um, any good planner can get their hands around these rules and help clients make whatever use they can affordably make of this rollover opportunity. It isn't brain surgery. It isn't that complicated. Um, the do- total, I think, the biggest takeaway is thirty five thousand dollars is your is your little escape hatch for for oversaving for college, and maybe that will go up. I don't know if that's indexed or not. Um, uh, I think it's not right now. um but um, you know, in theory that that could be indexed in the future or or could be could be increased.
0: You're listening to money talk on a m twelve ninety and f m ninety six point nine and we'll be right back.
5: Please visit arlingtonfinancialadvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805
3: It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. Oh. <laughs> and there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings and another. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about.
1: So Chris, on the break, we were talking about some other changes with Secure Act 2.0. Could you share with us what's going on surrounding the required minimum distributions for um, account holders of individual retirement accounts?
2: Yeah, IRAs and 401k plans, and really any retirement um, arrangement, if you reach your early 70s and you still have retirement money saved and haven't used it all, the government makes you start taking it out. It basically is a line in the sand on your ability to defer receipt of this income uh, tax free. And you have to, so they're called required minimum distributions or RMDs. For years, the deadline was April of the year following the year you turned 70. And a half. Secure 1.0 that we talked about when we first uh, started, uh, move that up to age 72. Secure 2.0 moves it up to 73. And then for folks born in 1960 and after to 75. So it is pushing back the required date on which you have to start taking incremental annual distributions over your life expectancy.
1: Now, are, how is the government paying for that? Because part of what happens is you're able to defer this money on a pre-tax basis, and then the government at 70 and a half before 2019, and then 72 since, and now 73 and 75 respectively, how are, how are they able to defer getting those tax dollars in the, in the coffers of the government?
2: A lot of it, 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 The answer is not straightforward. All of this is complex by nature. But one of the ways is it's going to make um, catch up contributions in 401k plans for people 50 and older. If you're a high earner, if you earned uh, at or above $145,000, um, you have to make your 50 and above catch up in the form of a Roth contribution. So there's a number of provisions that are requiring Roth treatment that used to allow pre-tax treatment. Roth means it comes, it it, it is taxed now, gross tax-free is withdrawn tax-free, whereas pre-tax means it's not taxed as it goes in, it's income taxed when it comes out. So by Rothifying things, they're collecting more income tax now to pay for these these changes.
1: And so- Will that then require all of these employer 401ks that many of which don't offer a Roth um, yes. a Roth account as well as a, so like an after-tax and a pre-tax account, it's going to require that complexity to happen. And will that also trigger then that new start date to be required for the auto-enroll and auto-step-up?
2: Wow, that's an interesting question. No, it will not mean you have a new plan for purposes of that auto-enrollment and auto-step-up if you had a plan on or before December 29th of last year. Yes, it will require that if you don't have any a designated Roth contribution ability now, you're going to have to add that in. If you want to have catch-up contributions, which most employers want to have, and wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> Roth 2.0 for people ages sixty to sixty-three, boosts gives you an additional catch-up ability. Um, so the catch-up contribution goes up an additional amount for people in that little age window. So and it has to be Roth too. So um, you know the the catch-up contribution gets gets even more attractive for people in that little window right before normal retirement age of sixty-five. Um, and it will be more Roth money coming into the government to pay for this big bill.
1: And so you know I've gotten a bunch of questions after you know people have learned more and more about Secure Act 2, 2.0 is you know they're very concerned that with all of this um, increased amount that people can put into their I guess today is Santa
3: Barbara County um, plan-
1: now is that there it's a way that the government's going to start slowly rolling back social security or moving up moving out that social security collection date.
2: I don't know about that. You know, the private retirement system that is covered, you know, that that Secure 2.0 changes is in a whole other world than the public retirement system of Social Security. Um, I don't I don't as a practitioner see a cause and effect between changes in one area and changes in the other. Um but it's not inconceivable. I mean, the very fact that you've voiced that concern, or that concern has been been voiced to you uh, by your clients or in the industry, means that it is it's in somebody's head somewhere. Right, <laughs>
0: for so, sure. So, so I like I like to ask questions of, about the business side of of our guests. So, we I would imagine uh, at your firm, you're the only person that does this. I am. So, the, my question is, uh, do you feel? that you are lacking or missing somebody to look over your shoulder. It's someone that can say, whoa, because usually, usually when I, even when I worked, I always liked the fact that somebody did what I did and they could, could kind of confirm that I'm doing something. And it's it, your, your, your business is so detailed. Um, is there, do you ever wish that there was somebody else doing it so that you could talk to them?
2: I did 20 years ago, but I've been doing it so long now that I've developed a whole network of colleagues uh, that I correspond with, talk with on the phone. We have bulletin boards where we share information and developments in the law. So I would say there's a whole community of practitioners out there. And, um, you know, certainly 20 years ago, I did have a mentor when I when I first um, came to town over 20 years ago. Um, and and I did have that in my early stages of my career. Um, but sure, it's um, lawyers work best in collaboration. And I do enjoy collaboration, not just with other ERISA practitioners, but I help our business department um, with business transactions involving benefits. I help our estate planning department with beneficiary designation and other estate planning aspects of retirement plans and our employment and labor department with all of their clients' benefits things. So I do get to work with other attorneys and collaborate. So
1: it all, it all. As the government continues to make changes for sure, you become more and more valuable as the rules as, as the rules keep changing, people need, need that advice.
2: I, the way I describe it is that being a benefits attorney is like being a, a graduate student for your entire working career because um, the laws are changing constantly. You're constantly having to read statute and then regulations and then soft guidance from the IRS and the Department of Labor, interpret it, write about it, teach about it. It's, it's a constant learning process.
1: So now, Chris, with the original, uh, you know, when with the changes for inherited IRAs came down the pike, and for for those of you listening that are unfamiliar, the first first SECURE Act made the stretch IRA virtually go away, that the account needed to be emptied within that 10-year window. And then the guidance was originally that you didn't have to take any distributions over the course of that 10 years, but at the end of the 10-year period, it just had to be zeroed out then in 2022 they or they they came out with some clearer expectation that in fact you do have to take a distribution every year and now in your experience how often does the IRS give kind of this weird non-advice advice and then change it and pretty much there there, there aren't any penalties nor are they making us go back and take more distributions but how often does that happen
2: well um I, it happens every time there's major legislation cuz there's always what are called technical corrections um what you're talking about is if you were in pace if you're, if you're 70 and a half or 72 or whatever the age is for when you were born um and um and you have that 10 year or if you've inherited and you have if you have that 10 year period if you're if the person whose account it was was 70 and a half then you you have to take annual distributions if if you inherited from somebody before that 71 or 71 and a half or 72 year old threshold, you did have the whole 10 years to take it out. So it was really only for accounts that were in pay status when you inherited that you had that annual distribution. Uh, there were regulations that clarified that a year ago. And then there was additional soft guidance in the form of a notice that said for those of you who didn't take out because you didn't thought, think you had that annual Obligation within the 10-year period, you, you don't have any penalties. I mean, anytime there's major legislation, there's technical corrections, there's cleanup. I mean, it's just it's just like driving a bulldozer through 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 a you know a par- a parking lot. I mean, it's just there's there's just a lot of stuff that needs to get um attended to after the fact. And you don't even know it until the dust settled. Um, you don't you don't even notice until you read these pages and pages and see how they snip the tax code and interlineate the tax code and think, oh gosh, they actually took out something they should have left in. Uh or by those unintended
1: consequences.
2: Unintended consequences. Like. Yes, absolutely.
0: You're listening to Money Talk on AM twelve ninety and FM ninety six point nine and we'll be right back with our final segment
4: What defines our community? Is it the people? the businesses? Is
5: it the ranches, vineyards, and farms? We think it's all of those. And we're committed to helping our communities thrive. Homeowners existing and new. Businesses looking to grow or bring up the next generation. Our regional agriculture managing their seasons, crops, and livestock. We're American Riviera Bank. And we invest in our communities. In you.
3: Sign-ups are going on now for Goleta Valley Girls Softball Association. Both Santa Barbara and Goleta GVGSA is a softball league for girls ages 5 to 15 years old. The 5 and 6 year olds play t-ball and coach pitch throughout the season. The girls pitch to batters in the 8U, 10U, 12U and 14U divisions. The season runs from March through May with GVGSA following all state and local safety protocols. Softball is played
4: outdoors and is a safe way to teach our local girls about teamwork and athletics. Sign up today at GVGSA
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence.
1: And so, Chris, you know, with the SECURE Act 2.0, Is it true that the coverage for part-time employees has been affected within the retirement suite of benefits?
2: Actually, yes. Under Secure 1.0 and Secure 2.0, there are provisions that require 401k plans to cover part-time employees, Um, even employees who don't work 1,000 hours in a year, which has always been the gold standard for getting into a 401k plan. Um, basically, if you've worked 500 hours or more in two or more consecutive years under Secure 2.0, you have to be covered in a plan starting in 2025. Secure 1.0 required 500 or more hours in three consecutive years. And yes, those two laws are are overlapping and intersecting in a way that's kind of complicated. So I would recommend any employer that has a 401k plan and has part-time employees to talk to their plan advisor, whether they're a risk attorney, um, their investment advisor, whoever is their go-to for their four hundred and one k plan, touch base with them now because the the requirement to cover doesn't start for the next year or two, but the requirement to count hours for that five hundred a year is already underway. And so, how does that affect
1: the typical four hundred and one k one year wait?
2: Well. Um, it affects it because it essentially says once um, you go to start counting that 500 hour, um, you know, you, you can have you can have some some entry date requirements, but you can't make them wait a whole year after the work, the two years. Um, and so there are some entry date uh, rules you can still maintain, but uh, you won't be able to keep them out indefinitely, which you could. Um, you could keep them out until they worked a thousand hours a year under old rules, under Secure 2.0, that's been chopped down.
1: So in your opinion, why do you think these new retirement, why did Congress take this up? What, what was their end goal? Was it to have Americans more prepared for retirement? Or was it something, you know, that the lobby was just so great?
2: This was the Congress was explicit in stating that the goal was to expand access to retirement savings um, to communities and populations that are underserved and create more incentives for employers to offer retirement plans and to, you know, to counteract, to keep the private retirement system um, competitive with these state-run systems like CalSavers. That are popping up all over the place. Um, basically, the, I view it as um, an interpretation by Congress that the existence of state-run programs like CalSavers Savers is in, is indicative of a failure of the private retirement system. That government at the state level has to step in and mandate retirement savings plans. Let's let's get the retirement private retirement system uh, revitalized, revamped, more attractive, more more um, vital, more more meaningful more impactful more open um it's just sort of they're they're applying like the paddles to the chest to the person who's on life support
0: Um, christine christine roberts uh from uh mullen and hensel thank you so much it's always great to talk to someone that knows everything about something i know nothing about uh and thank you all for listening you've been listening to money talk and we'll see you all next week